0: There are over 700,000 sexual offenders in the United States alone. With all the social media these days, how can we protect ourselves and our children from these despicable predators?
1: Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast, where we discuss criminal cases that involve some factor of abuse. Our goal is to spread awareness of abuse that could be taking place around any of us and encourage everyone to take responsibility and report if they see a child or an adult being abused. When you think of bullying, what comes to mind? You may think of the mean kid on the playground that made fun of the way you look. Or you might think of teenagers relentlessly teasing some nerdy kids. But do you ever think of adults? Bullying is a problem, and it persists past high school into the adult working world. A lot of people try their best to put good out into the world, whether it's a kind remark to another person, giving of time or money to help those in need, Or promoting kindness rather than hate through media like a podcast or a video. Yet somehow people can find fault within and berate the person that has good intentions, and it can be extremely discouraging. How can we do our part to not perpetuate this harmful trend ourselves?
0: Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Rosie.
1: And I'm Ryan.
0: And this week, we had the privilege of speaking with one half of the podcast that inspired us to start podcasting ourselves.
1: Yeah, if you've heard a lot of our episodes or been with us from the beginning, you know that Generation Y is our favorite podcast. So we were really excited to speak with Justin about episode 50 of his other podcast, The
2: Peripheral.
0: In it, we got a look at the wide spectrum of what online creators deal with every day, from slightly awful to terrifying to just plain enraging.
1: But before we begin, we want to thank Emily Rose from CrimeReads.com for including us in the Essential Crime Podcast of Fall 2018 list. It was an honor for our little baby podcast to be mentioned alongside other podcasts that we really looked up to so much. So we'll link that article in the show notes of this episode so you can go check that out and see what other podcasts you might like if you enjoy our show. Um, Also, I want to quickly address a message that we got from someone that was triggered by something I had said. I think it was in the Robbie Wayne episodes where we were talking about them using the belt to punish him at two years old, and I had nervously said, that's a little early, and that really offended someone. So I just want to say, if someone is personally triggered by something we say accidentally, we're really sorry. We don't hold it against you. It's you're right to be triggered, even if it's not our intention. So we'll be including a trigger warning from now on at the beginning of our episodes. And one more quick thing before we start. I just want to give a heads up that I was really nervous. I'm kind of starstruck talking to Justin. So um, I talked kind of loud and nervously while we were recording. So um, please forgive me for that. But enough rambling from us.
0: Let's jump into our conversation with Justin. Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible. But if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please... Think twice before listening to our show.
1: Well, this is kind of a special episode because... We have a guest from the Peripheral Podcast and Generation Y Podcast who probably needs no introduction, but uh, Justin Aww. Evans is with us today.
0: Our celebrity, hey. pod celebrity. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Unintentional celebrity.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess in the podcasting world I, I am, but I, I reject that title.
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard you talking about it on... Crawl Space. Yeah, Crossface. How yeah. weird that it just kind of happens and what really stood out to me is how it kind of elevates elevates you in people's minds to this level and then you can say one thing that they don't agree with and all of a sudden they just start attacking you like you're invincible and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's a weird phenomenon
0: drop you like a hot potato
2: (laughs) (laughs) people's passions run very high and uh it's it's something that i have become aware of because i never paid attention to it because, again, I would reject any sort of celebrity-ism. And then I realized, oh, wait, I guess I have to sort of behave as if I'm somewhat of an important person. Because people do look up to me and want to hear what I say.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was one other thing that you had said on the crawl space that I'm having trouble remembering right now. But I'm sure it'll come back into my head.
0: <laughs> He's in awe. He can't remember. Yeah,
1: I'm, I've been so nervous about this all day. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. You're no, fine. It's not fine. your fault. <laughs> There's this story I wanted to share, real quick, to start off our conversation. I don't know if you've heard of Rebecca Sedwick. Sounds familiar, but go on. It was back in 2013. She's a 12-year-old girl from Florida. And in October of 2013, uh, her family and friends learned that she had climbed to the top of a tower in her town and jumped off. And Uh she died. Just before this, she had posted online... I'm jumping I can't take it anymore and Mm so come to find out that she had been being bullied by these two girls she went to school with that were only 12 and 14 years old Mm -hmm. for almost a year and they had said things to her like you should drink bleach and die no one likes you you should go kill yourself Mm -hmm. and then after finding out that she had died one of them posted yeah I know I bullied Rebecca and she killed herself but IDGAF or, I don't give a F. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this really illustrates that brazen, careless attitude someone can have when they think they're safe behind that cloak of anonymity on the internet. And oh. yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the sheriff's response was like, if you can't supervise your children and monitor what they're doing, you need to take away their devices. But then we come to find out the parents actually did know that this was going on and didn't do anything about it. So, it shows, like, I'm sure... Most of the people listening to this have already heard your episode 50 of the peripheral. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you have, this wouldn't be that shocking to you because it's not just kids that bully people online. Adults do it all the time. So
2: that's kind of what we're going to talk about. And even when an adult finds out their child is being bullied and they do report it, say to a school, the school says, well, it's not happening on school grounds, so there's nothing we can do. Or they engage the parent of the bully. And of course, everyone thinks that they're the perfect parent and their child is an angel. So it never really turns out well.
1: Yeah, you know? That's a good point. And, I hadn't thought about it like that, where both sides think they're in the right. Because yeah, from the outside, I, it seems so obvious that the bullies are in the wrong. But. And I
2: think that's why people do it. Uh, you know, when somebody's online, they can just rip off some snarky comment and not think twice about it. Or they actually think they're being righteous and they witness something that's not right on the interwebs and they want to correct it. They want to tell you how bad you are because they disagree with you. And they they think that they're in the right when they do it.
1: Yeah. I think uh, from Canadian True Crime. Christy? Yeah, Christy. She had said that she gets a lot of reviews that are about personal preference that don't really bother her that much. But when people go so far as to like attack you personally or just say really unnecessarily harsh things, then it's like they find some kind of license for doing that when they don't agree with one little thing you say.
2: It's so weird. And they expect you to take it as constructive criticism? I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, like why, why bring
1: completely irrelevant issues into it and try to frame it as constructive criticism?
2: Yeah, that's that's my problem. A lot of the times is I listen to constructive criticism. I get it. Uh, sometimes it's a little overwhelming just because of the volume of it, but I understand constructive and what that whole episode was about wasn't constructive <laughs> it yeah. wasn't about somebody saying hey if you would have I don't know introduced the show this way or maybe your music's a little too loud it's it's not about that mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm.
2: I thought that was clear but some people didn't get the message <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh, Aaron had said at
1: the end of the episode that it's okay to point out things that you don't like about what you're doing but maybe follow it up with a kind remark or you know make it obvious that you care about the person and what they're doing and not just like so I guess brazen would be
2: mm-hmm. how I'd describe it. And what something that I think about is people watch TV every day and they just click to the next channel because whatever's on TV isn't something they like. So they're just flipping through the channels to the menus of hundreds of TV shows. I don't see them writing angry letters or anything to a hundred different TV shows about how <laughs> much they didn't like what they just skipped past. You know, with podcasters, they could do the same thing, but because we're not FX or AMC or some big network, we're just a person out online. It's like they know they have a direct line of communication to us. And if they maybe if they do send off some snarky comment to some big TV studio. Maybe they're under the impression that we're some big podcast network or something like that when we're the ones running our social media and we're the ones that are reading this garbage that people send. I I just wonder what kind of people these are that can't just move on from something they don't like.
1: Yeah, no kidding. It's like you said at the very end of the episode, you're making the podcast that you wanted to listen to and there's other people out there that want to listen to it. But you don't have to listen to it. You can move on and uh, yeah. flip to the next channel.
0: He said, you said, that you're like, there's some people out there who don't like my podcast and I didn't make it for those people. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I just want to say that back to everybody who doesn't like ours.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, is at the end of my episode, I, I'd kind of winged it the whole time. But at the end, I had uh, struggled with how to end it. And one way was going to be, I'm making my podcast for me, so screw you. Like I was I was like actually way more like blunt and and harsh. But then I thought that's not really my style. I I re-recorded that ending about 3 times before I settled on the way it ended. Just so you know. The funny thing
1: is if you if you were recording it live in front of people, you could probably get away with that cuz they could see your demeanor and you know people are only getting the voice, they're not getting the body language and uh, they don't see you kind of smirking when you say it. So, it's- <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, what I said earlier in the episode is like once the words leave my mouth, I no longer own them and they can be twisted and distorted because mm-hmm. nuance and context need not apply. And it's kind of funny because I've I mean, it's true. As soon as you say something, I can say you meant this, you know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, a couple people kind of twisted my episode 50 to their own means. And I even had one person like kind of insinuate that I was supporting other bullies or something like that.
0: What? How? (laughs) That's crazy. I
2: blocked a lot of people after I released the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I just blocked them. Uh, And one of them wrote in, was worried about it, like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way and something. And I've just thought to myself, well, you're going to get to learn a lesson today about Mm -hmm. how when the words leave your mouth... You no longer own them. (laughs) Oh, wow. Flipping it back (laughs) around. Yeah,
0: really. Good for you.
2: Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to unblock these people. No. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Another thing that really stood out to me was, you know, a lot of people will say, if you're being bullied, you just got to ignore those people and move on and don't focus on them and just focus on the good. But then you gave an analogy about a house party. Do you want (laughs) to... (laughs)
2: Yeah. You know, let's say you're invited to a house party with 100 people and 99 of those people love you and want to see you and hang out with you. But one of them hates your guts and might punch you in the face or just verbally ridicule you. Or maybe you have a long relationship with them and they have verbally abused you for years. Are you going to go to that house party? (laughs)
0: heck no (laughs)
1: yeah it ruins the entire experience
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and i i try to convey that in so many different ways to just shut down all of the things that people say not that i don't want people to be encouraging not that i'm trying to say that hey you know it's it's all right just just ignore it that's fine but at the end of the day, none of those things are working. I mean, tell that to the girl that jumped off the, you know, the tower, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, just ignore it. You know, it doesn't work that way.
1: Uh, It's so sad that somehow people found a way to have a problem with this episode that you released. Mm-hmm. Cause like, what the heck did you
2: even listen to it? Or did you just go in there looking for things to hate? <laughs> yeah. And, and I will say that 99% of the feedback and everything for the episode was awesome. You know, it was just the few outliers here and there that just wanted to take it and turn it into their own agenda of some kind. I don't know. It was weird. I'm half expecting a neo-Nazi group to take my episode and call in Tiffa a bunch of bullies and cite my episode as their, you know, red flag
3: or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. 911, what's your emergency? Every 60 seconds, a person is murdered somewhere in the world.
2: There was a shootout in my house. I
3: can't believe it. What causes ordinary people to do unthinkable things? He stabbed me in my neck, and
0: he says, look how easily I could kill you.
3: The Minds of Madness is a true crime podcast that examines the most disturbing criminal minds. We shed a light on the devastating impact these violent crimes have on the victims and their families.
0: When you get calls in the night, you know they're not good or they're wrong numbers.
3: You'll hear about the incredible strength of the survivors and what they did to fight back.
0: I was studying his face because I was thinking, if I get out of this, I'm going to get you someday.
3: Subscribe to the Minds of Madness podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play.
1: It also got me thinking, it seems like people are more likely to contact you with feedback if it's negative than if it's positive, because I know I'm personally guilty of this. I mean, Mm -hmm. we listened to the Generation Y for over a year before we ever actually said how much we appreciated it or, you know.
0: Patreon and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I listened to all the episodes first before I ever thought about supporting on Patreon because... I wanted more content to listen to, you know, it wasn't because I wanted to be nice. And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of the same thing of not not sharing positive feedback because for some reason, as people were not as prone to share that positive feedback, like we went to a restaurant that's a couple blocks from our house and I was so upset with the service that I wrote a Yelp review on my way home. I couldn't even wait yeah. to get home to write it. Because I was so yeah. mad.
2: When's the last time you couldn't wait to write a good one? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: That's so sad. That's so true. You have
1: to actively. I mean, I've been trying to lately to yeah. to give people well, now good we feedback, but
0: how important they are.
1: Yeah, but it's like an active thing you need to try to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas negative feedback just
0: you just want to Tell people how mad you are.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and that's what's I guess wrong in the world is gossip. Uh, you know negative feedback all these things come easy whereas supporting one another and being kind somehow that takes effort for most people you know yeah for
1: me personally it's something that, that i had to actively learn it did not mm-hmm. come so naturally
2: you know, yeah, and i was right there with you i used to write yelp reviews i used to be elite on yelp and you know i get invited to their little private parties and whatnot and
0: they had private I parties
2: oh that. yeah what oh, elite cool <laughs> get, get, get somebody to nominate you as a yelp elite and you'll wow. reap the benefits the more you know but i will say that i had a lot of negative reviews that i would written also and i tried not to write negative reviews. I tried to make them mostly positive. Sometimes I would give a place five stars, but then kind of rip them in the review. But I would still (laughs) give them five stars because I'm like, eh, you know, I don't want their ratings to be hit. I was like too nice.
1: Wow. That's really nice. That reminds me of something you said on, what was that other podcast you were on? Uh, Crimester.
2: Yeah, crime sphere.
1: Where, yeah, where you said you almost feel empathy for the people that are attacking you sometimes. Yeah,
2: like
0: that's so nice. I feel like punching them in the face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think my initial response is punch them in the face, <laughs> but then after you have time to think about it, you're like, What, why would they do this? and and why would they say that? I, I feel. And I will say that I don't believe that all of them are these sniveling, hateful, sad people living in their parents' basements. No, Mm -hmm. because you just admitted you've written a bad Yelp review. Mm -hmm. Somebody could read that Yelp review and say, oh, you're a bully or you're a nasty person online. Are you a sniveling, hateful person living in your parents' basement? No, you're a normal person, just like everyone else. Well...
0: No, you're not (laughs) living in your parents' basement. Be proud.
1: (laughs) Didn't you talked about some guy who you screenshotted the stuff and sent it to his wife, yeah. <laughs> and and she had no idea. She was apologizing, and <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I wanted to show her what she was married to. Oh. I was gonna send it to his boss, but I didn't want the guy to lose his job.
1: Well, <laughs> so the empathy starts
2: somewhere. I don't know. You know, it's like, I don't want him to lose his job, but somehow he might lose a marriage. I don't know. (laughs) That's Uh, funny. uh, But I know I I did feel bad about doing it. And the reason why I knew it wasn't the right thing to do is because I didn't feel good about it. I I wasn't like, yeah, gotcha. Mm -hmm. After I did it. You know, I I didn't feel like I won the argument on the internet because no one ever wins the argument on the internet. It just doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, exactly. It gets to a certain point where it's
2: like, it's not going to get any better. So why bother even responding? And that's truly, if nothing else, people need to understand that by not responding, it doesn't do anything. Like you can move about your day and not think about it ever again. You win. By not responding (laughs) it's a good (laughs) because if you respond the other person on the other end isn't going to be like oh yeah you're right i didn't think of it that way no no they're Mm -hmm. just going to say something else nasty and continue the argument with you so there's just no point in in what people call feeding the troll but Mm. some of these people aren't trolls they're just regular people Saying something nasty on the interwebs, and there's no point in you responding to it because they're the one that looks like the ugly person, not you.
1: Yeah. And as much as I love Tim and Lance's auto reply tactic where they just (laughs) pretended they were an auto reply bot, you're still, if you're doing that, you're still thinking about it and it's still affecting you. And like you said, if you just ignore it, you can move on and forget about it.
0: Mm hmm. You could work on that a little
1: bit, Ryan. Yeah. Okay, to <laughs> be like fair. To respond. I want to address the my Yelp review. Nothing in it <laughs> yeah. was nasty or like personally degrading. I was just, you know, yeah. being I was just a- alerting to them to the fact that I didn't get service for 20 minutes when I was sitting in the restaurant.
0: You of worried it? about what people will think? Well, I don't of. want them to think
1: cuz cuz <laughs> the big issue here in my mind is People like launching personal attacks yeah, and thinking they're being constructive and, and whatever, but they're actually could be hurting a person on the other side of it and not helping.
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the Yelp reviews I wrote. I took my car into a shop because the air conditioner wasn't working. It was going to be the hottest weekend in the summer. I left it at the shop all day long. And then at like 3.30, I call and I'm like, hey, I haven't heard, is my car ready yet? And they literally say, "Uh, we we never got around to working on it. Mm -hmm. I left them a bad Yelp review because it's like, you don't say you're going to fix my car today and then just not work on it. (laughs) Like, like, like,
1: why have you waste an entire day of not having transportation if they're not even going to
2: touch it? I could have taken it somewhere else to be repaired and... Instead, I had to drive this car on the hottest weekend in the summer without air conditioning because uh. they weren't going to get to it until next week. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. So I didn't personally attack them or anything. I just explained the situation. That's different. And I think you complaining about the service at a restaurant is different. Uh, you know, if somebody writes in and says, you know, the judge's name in the case was this and you totally got it wrong. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'll go fact check it and see if I got it wrong. But if it's the judge's name is this, you dumb ass, (laughs) then (laughs) it's a little bit different. And that's normally how people respond because they can't deassociate their emotion from their righteousness, their justice that they wish to extract upon the world because they're right and you're wrong.
1: Aaron had mentioned a study that he was reading at the end of your episode, how negative experiences outweigh positive ones. It's so true because we had just gotten a lot of good feedback on some of our stuff. And actually, our latest patron, Kate Morse from Minds of Madness, she's the head researcher on there. She was telling us that we're doing a great job and stuff. But then I looked, and this is a mistake, but I looked at our Apple Podcasts reviews and saw that we had gotten two new one-star reviews. And then I was back to like, oh, man, we suck. You know? Yeah. And they just stood out so much more to me, even though I'm getting positive reinforcement left and right. Then you see those two one-stars, and and it's like, oh. Mm -hmm. And
2: and let's say you wanted to respond, you can't respond to a one star iTunes review. It's just there permanently now. And there's nothing you can do. You can there's no recourse for it. And that's that's my problem with it is it's like, well, if I don't have a a way to respond to it, then what's the point? You know, if I leave a bad Amazon review for a product, the seller can actually respond back. You leave a bad Yelp review, the restaurant owner can actually respond back to you, uh, you know, and say, hey, hopefully you'll give us another try and we'll do better next time. Or, hey, we'll return the product for you. Or, hey, go away. You're you're crazy, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> but with the negativity, it definitely outweighs the the positive, and um, it sucks because I'm trying to flip gears and paradigm shift my world where I don't focus on the negative. And some tactics that I've started doing is I don't read iTunes reviews anymore. I don't even look at my reviews anywhere because. It doesn't do much for me, even Mm. the good ones. I just don't want to read them. And I know that there's even podcasters out there that somehow think we're all in competition and they will go leave bad reviews for other podcasts Mm. intentionally. Mm. So I'm going to go read some intentional bad review that somebody wrote about me and then let it ruin my day. I'll just not read it, Yeah, (laughs) you know?
0: Were you always that way, Justin, or did you have to build up to get to that point?
2: uh, I I had to build up to get to that point. I haven't read, I haven't even had iTunes installed on a computer or anywhere in years. I know you're not an Apple guy. Yeah. But I did have it on my home computer so I could go in and look and I just uninstalled it. So there it is. If, if my podcast ever ranks in the top 200, you know, like people get all, you know, happy about that and screenshot it. I will never have that joy because I don't have (laughs) iTunes. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ever ranking. I don't know if I'm getting one-star reviews every day because i stopped reading them. And when people say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm being constructive. I'm leaving a one-star review with something that this podcaster could change. That's fine, but a 100 other people left really nasty one-star reviews, and they've ruined the rating system for you, and now I don't look at it, and I don't look at it for other podcasters either. I do not determine whether or not I'm going to listen to somebody based on their reviews and ratings, ever.
1: I respect that. It's got to take some self-control.
2: <laughs> you know, next time you, if you actually do read a bad review for your podcast and it gets you down, go look at your favorite podcasts. And go read the one star reviews for them.
0: That's a really
1: good idea. <laughs> yeah, we should go
2: through GenWise one star review. <laughs> see if you find any of them valid because when you go, no, I love these guys, then you can go back and kind of look at your one star review and mm. see it in a different light. Huh. Thanks for that.
0: Well, it is, the- it's true. It's other people's opinions, it's not like. You don't know if it's going to be good for your personality or not, just based on other people's take on it.
1: And that really makes me see it in a different light, because before I was like, if you're going to leave a one-star review, you should be required to leave comments mm-hmm. and like tell us why. Because my pet peeve was people just giving you a one-star review and no actual comments on it. But I guess I'd prefer that to like <laughs>
2: nasty, yeah. hateful yeah. comments. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think you should yeah. have to leave your full name, address,
2: an email, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, geotag. <laughs> I mean, seriously, go out and look at This American Life. I mean, who who could possibly have a problem with this show? It's so vanilla and chill, but people hate on it. You know, and I, I read that and I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand. I think the last negative review I read for the Generation Y, it wasn't on iTunes. It was like Stitcher or somewhere else. And somebody had said something to the effect of, these guys talk amongst themselves and are totally off topic. <laughs> oh. I'm like, wow! Okay. I, I kind of pride myself on just getting to the point, and mm-hmm. so I'm like, I guess they were listening to the wrong podcast or something. I don't know.
1: Huh. Huh. I, I can I can't even understand where that would come from. But yeah, I guess that proves your point. Like, <laughs> some people are just out there.
2: It's shown that the rating and review system is bogus and it means nothing. Also, to get ranked in iTunes has zero to do with your ratings, reviews, or even your downloads. Getting ranked in iTunes is solely based on new subscribers. Oh, interesting. That's it. So if I give you a shout out and I say, Hey, everyone go out and listen to, you know, voice of the victim and you get a hundred new subscribers in a couple of days, you're going to pop up in the ranks on iTunes.
0: So that's how
1: so,
2: it works. Huh. Yeah, interesting. That's it. You know, I, so I appreciate the- <laughs> I, Exactly.
0: <laughs> Still feel free for the shout out. <laughs> you know, if you want
2: to. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: what's crazy the, though.
2: Yeah. What's the point of the review system for people to be ugly? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. how I see it. But I know other people might, you know, get something out of it. Other people might read reviews, but mm-hmm. I don't get anything out of it and it's not going to help you at all. So, ah. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> wow,
1: that is an interesting piece of knowledge that <laughs> I just believe podcasts on every episode they're like, leave us a five star review, and it will really help us
2: out.
0: So it doesn't like- help you out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it helps in the sense that if another user is reading mm-hmm. the review and says, Hey, this sounds like a great show based on the reviews. But yeah. how often does that happen?
1: <laughs> Otherwise, your rating is just a
2: vanity number. I mean, you see out on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever, people are like, Hey, give me some podcast recommendations. It's all word of mouth. So when I tell you, Hey, you should go listen to Minds Madness, are you going to go read the reviews on them or are you just going to go listen? Yeah, I'm huh. going to go. Exactly. I don't so. think
0: I've ever read a review for a different podcast, to be honest.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling the curtain back and just yeah. ruining the whole industry right now, aren't I? Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting.
0: I <laughs> had never even read our um, bad reviews until we wanted to do Justin's episode, and then you read them to me for the first oh, wait, time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And we recorded.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really interesting hearing you and mm. Tim and Lance's perspective on... On Rosie's reaction, because <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think of it from that perspective—like the just raw and honest
2: yeah. reaction that we all feel when we read these reviews. It was such a great sampling from all of you guys, and the fact that you were so visceral in your reaction, so raw. It was like, yeah, it felt
0: like I was back in elementary school, picked on <laughs> or something. I know, and that's well,
2: that's the thing is, I feel like I'm back in high school, but then I think, wait. I didn't have all this drama and crap in high school. I wasn't part of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've never experienced it until now, being a grown-up podcasting.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of drama in the podcast world. Yeah. I never knew about until we started the show.
1: Do you want to talk about the one thing that really stood out to you from The Vanished? Marissa. Marissa.
0: She had talked about getting a a really mean comment about how she should be human trafficked. Yeah. And I was just like, you had to, like, come up with that diss. Well,
1: well yeah, especially someone who's listening to The Vanish and is interested I mean,
0: in... Yeah, who obviously is passionate about true crime, and then they say that this human being deserves to be trafficked. I was just like, God.
1: And wasn't that the same comment that was, like, basically, like, you're covering too many people that were living a dangerous lifestyle and... Mm -hmm. The review was basically saying that they brought it on themselves because they were living too dangerously some stupid
2: crap like that Yeah, that's that's the level of just the complete lack of empathy in the world from some of these people and I, I have to say that I I think I feel too much because every single comment like that bothers me severely
0: That's horrible. That's true. So strange. Usually. I can't imagine what that's like. Do you want to? That could never happen to me. It might. Lock him away. He's pure evil. Or insane. Or human. My name's Kate. I have worked as a forensic psychologist, as well as in prisons and as a crisis clinician. My job was to figure out who gets locked up and who gets a key. To find the humanity in inhumane situations. So, are you sure you really want to know? Yeah, maybe. Because by the end of the episodes, you just might end up thinking, I felt better before I knew that. You can find me at IWB Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, sometimes Instagram, or you can email me at iwbpodcast at gmail.com
1: It's unbelievable how much prejudice is still out there. I mean, I know from listening to different podcasts, it's helped me to see the bigger picture. Um, since I have the opportunity to talk to you about it now, I really appreciated way, way back in your War on Drugs episode on... <laughs>
0: That's his Generation favorite 1. one. He talks about it all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, too. <I do. laughs> but I think Aaron had said that people form these addictions because they're trying to treat some kind of trauma that they're enduring in their lives. It's not like they're just terrible people. Junky people that are you know, there's no hope for them It's like they're trying to deal with other trauma in their life and it happens a lot easier than people realize I feel like there's so much prejudice out there towards drug addicts that they're just terrible scum-of-the-earth people and and in reality They're just trying to get through life.
2: Yeah, and we uh, there's this whole stigma for illegal street drugs but then when it comes to a doctor over prescribing some opiate and getting somebody strung out on that it's like Huh. But yeah. they're not a, but they're not a drug dealer because you know they're not doing it out of their house like mm-hmm. if they actually have way more resource and way more distribution power and authority to screw up people's lives and if you took all of the overdose drug deaths from illegal drugs they're like a small fraction of the deaths caused by alcohol or opiate deaths that are completely legal drugs so go figure
1: i saw it on the news just as there's been just a ridiculous amount of opiate caused deaths recently
2: it's an epidemic as the news likes to scare us with but they're Mm -hmm. kind of right this time i've even seen
1: in my own family like just the danger of prescription drugs what happens when you accidentally overdose and it can ruin you for life Mm -hmm. and
2: that's Completely legal. Mm -hmm. I want to uh, revisit the war on drugs episode. So that would make your day, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I actually want to do it in a different way, which people might not like. But I want to do what the war on drugs has done to our civil rights Mm. and never mention drugs. But for example, if you're driving across country with a couple thousand dollars in your car, the cop can just take it. Oh, yeah. If, if you have a secret compartment in your car, that's illegal. So things you own, you can't modify yourself. Uh, just the the full assault on our amendments, and especially the Fourth Amendment, uh, which we've just given up because of the war on drugs. So I want to focus on all the rights we've given up because of our justifications of, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then blah, blah, blah. But yet we hand those rights over willy nilly as if we're accomplishing something with this ongoing endless war on drugs.
1: You're talking about the review about being off topic. And then I just completely changed the topic. (laughs) It kind of goes along with it because when we're talking about bullying based on prejudice like that, like the vanished received, that's one of the things people have the strongest prejudice about is just not understanding the background of people that they automatically don't respect. Yeah, They just form these prejudices.
2: How do you teach respect to somebody? I don't know if that's teachable or not. I'm sure there's some guy, some big brother that's a motivational speaker to kids somewhere that knows how to do it. But I don't know if I could instill respect into somebody and show them or tell them why They should respect other human beings. Like, I don't know if that's something you can change. That's a good question. Um, That's a lot to think about. I mean, I I know Beck from Minds of Madness, she goes to Sudan and countries over there and does work for, you know, charities and stuff to, you know, bring water wells and food to, you know, refugees and whatnot. I bet going over there might get us to appreciate our own lives and maybe respect human life a little bit more. (laughs)
1: I don't know. We weren't quite talking about that this morning, but it's similar. We were seeing the news about the hurricanes and... We were at the Mall of America just like watching all these people shopping and having a great time walking past this giant screen showing people dealing with the hurricane. Yeah, it was a huge Florence.
0: charity event. People want, you
1: know. We're so good at tuning out other things that are happening in the world and, and focusing on petty things. Like... Right.
0: I couldn't help but notice because we we're in Minnesota and there's the Mall of America, and that's where we randomly were this morning. Mm-hmm. But it was like this huge opening in the middle of the mall and they do like concerts and giant build-a-bear workshops that i've maybe been to a few times and then they had a charity for helping the hurricane and we were at a coffee shop watching and this thing's usually packed with people but today it was like minimal minimal amount of people were standing and helping and the you know, people are walking around yeah. with their shopping bags, and I'm like, the whole point of coming to this stupid mall is to spend your money, is to throw away your money on stuff you don't need, and here's your chance to actually do something for people that actually need it, and everybody just looks the other way on purpose, so they don't feel bad about themselves for, you know, taking a glimpse and then walking away. <laughs> what a metaphor for life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and People life. just walk away from what they probably should do, but they don't feel like doing what they don't want to do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we didn't go down there either, so. No, we just just drank
0: our coffee and shook our heads at everybody else. And there's (laughs) someone behind us shaking their heads at us.
2: At least you're acknowledging it and thinking about it. I know I I see a lot of comments from people. And it's funny because I, I know I've done this myself, but people will say, Hey, love you. Love your show. I don't always agree with you, but keep doing what you're doing. And it, it gives me the giggles to, to hear, I don't always agree with you because I think I don't want people to always agree with me. I don't want to start some cult of Justin <laughs> where people are following my every word. I just want people to think about it and you know acknowledge their own actions and question whether or not they're making the right decision or not. And maybe they are. And so they can just reaffirm what their decisions are. But mm-hmm. maybe I'll change somebody's mind, too.
1: Yeah. And that's what I've always appreciated about Generation Y is that you lay out the facts and let other people draw their own conclusions. And yeah. you might, like, talk about your own theories, but you never present it as this is what happened. We know 100%. It's all, you're always leaving it open for people, you know, to come to their own conclusion and... You're not trying to
2: force thoughts into someone else's head. No, No, because I want people to think. And in fact, that's my problem some of the times is I won't come out and say something. I will try to lead you down the path so you can just end up there on your own. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't go down the path. Sometimes they're like, nope, I think this (laughs) way. And it's like, that's fine because... Maybe you're not ready to see what's on the other side. <laughs> huh, you know.
1: I wouldn't call that a problem so much as a talent. Because <laughs> I've always been like, amazed the way that you guys construct your episodes. I think I've said this when we came to your meetup, but how you, you don't sound like you're just reading. Or you mm-hmm. guys never sound like you're reading. You're just having a conversation about something. The conversation kind of just... Mm -hmm. naturally
2: flows. At least that's how it
1: appears to to the listener. So
2: it's a very structured conversation. Uh, I won't say it's a natural conversation because we do have our talking points. And I will admit that. I edit the shit out of it so <laughs> you don't you don't hear Aaron and I talking over each other, you don't hear us restarting or reforming mm-hmm. our idea, you know. And sometimes at the end I'm like, "Oh man, I forgot to mention the fingerprint on the ammo box." And so then at the end of the episode I'll be like, "Oh, they also found a fingerprint <laughs> on the ammo box." And then I'll nice. move that back to the place where it should go. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to this week's episode, you're going to hear exactly what I just mentioned. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. Wow. And, and Inside when, look. Yeah. yeah. And when you hear about the ammo box, that was something I recorded after the episode was done. And just yeah. put it. To hear how the, smooth the, that is. I can't wait yeah. to hear. Be like, yeah. hey. It's the power of editing, the magic of editing. You know, it's like yeah. movie magic.
0: We'd sound terrible. It's pretty nice to editing. be able
1: to put these episodes together and sound exactly
2: how we want to sound well, to the audience. For the most and,
0: part. <laughs> well,
2: but I mean, that's it, it shows that, you know, one, we do so much research to formulate this idea, this episode, and then we have to create the episode. And then after creating it, I do post production and editing to make it sound smooth, to make it sound. The best quality is possible without saying like, um, what was that dude's name? And floundering. I try mm-hmm. to make it smooth, you know, smooth as ice cream, whatever. I don't know yeah. what the term is. And easy to follow. Yeah. And there's so much work that goes into it that I guess it sounds so good that people think it's easy, <laughs> but <laughs> it's it not. Easy. <laughs> yeah. And so when you get a, a snarky comment, you know, it's like, hey, I listen to a lot of metal bands and, you know, I listen to Slayer and they just broke up. But they've been doing this for over 20 years. They've been putting out albums and, hey, is every single one of their albums great? No. No some that I won't listen to at all because I'm like, oh, that's garbage. I will never comment on any of their social media or anything telling them that I don't like their latest album ever because yeah. it serves no purpose. Mm-hmm. They're established. They're doing fine. They have my money already. Mm-hmm. My opinion does not matter yet People care to share their opinion and give it when it's like, I put so much work into this. And even if I don't like one of their albums, I know that they put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. Who am I to say it's bad?
1: And that kind of illustrates what you were talking about with flipping through TV channels. There's kind of the old media that wasn't as accessible and then there's the new media like podcasting and youtube and all that where people are accessible and for some reason people
2: really like to share their opinions that's a nice way to
0: say it (laughs) people really like to share their opinions well yeah
2: i mean and, and it's true in any genre any community you're going to have this kind of feedback you're going to have the drama amongst podcasters i mean that happens, too. I mean, there's so many different things that we have to navigate in our day. It's not just making content. There's so much more to it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We try to stay out of that as much as possible. Like, Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other podcasters out there that have problems with us. Yeah. Really? It took us a long haul.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like the reaction all over again. Because even when I listen to our older episodes, and I'm like, man. I really did a bad job editing this or... The sound quality is terrible. Or even when we got done recording the little reaction thing for your episode, and I realized there was this weird humming coming from our audio interface. And
0: oh, I was just me crying. I, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: but, but I was like, why? Why is this audio quality so bad? But then I had to choose between sending it off to you with Rosie's authentic reaction or re-recording it for better audio quality. I mean, those kind of things like audio quality and editing, I'm sure they bother
2: a lot of people. You know, audio quality is important, but I think content is the number one deal breaker for me. I mean, you know, you think back to Dan Zapansky, the original true crime gangster out there. All of his podcasts are him talking on a telephone to somebody, yet... He's the dude that started it and he has a lot of listeners. So people Mm -hmm. can forgive audio quality, but not to say that you should just go out and do a phone call and start a true (laughs) crime podcast today with phone quality. No, do better. But it's it's one of those things where... I would rather have somebody giving me their raw emotional reaction even if there's airplanes flying overhead and cats meowing on the floor as opposed <laughs> as opposed to a clean audio of somebody going I was really sad that day
3: <laughs> you know
2: mm-hmm
1: that's the kind of listener that we need. One of our close friends was like, the number one most important thing to me is audio quality. And like he said, he doesn't listen to last podcast on the left because their audio quality isn't good enough. And I was like, what? They have really good audio quality compared to ours. So what do you think of our audio quality?
2: (laughs) At that point, it's they just need to listen to the big time networks like NPR or Radiotopia or whatever, because they're not going to appreciate most of the indie podcasters. I've had people tell me that. They don't think that generation wise audio quality is good. Oh really? Or well, they just listen to like the first episode or <laughs> I've no, no. They listen to a current one. And I'm like, okay, well, if like that's not good enough clear. for you, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. no kidding. With some people you just can't make them happy. Nope. And that's a lesson <laughs> that you have to learn and it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah.
1: Well, I think we've thoroughly gotten off topic, but it's been a really fun discussion. I don't want to take up too much of your time. No problem. We really appreciate you making the time to talk to us Mm -hmm. with our little baby podcast.
2: I'm just glad that this conversation is still going and that that (laughs) episode struck such a chord with people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was powerful.
0: Yeah, it was a good one.
2: I had no ideas.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, most of your peripheral episodes are really powerful and really do strike a chord Mm -hmm. but like i said before we're so much better at sharing our negative feedback than positive feedback but that's one thing that we can all learn from this is to share our positive feedback like you mentioned in your episode and try to spread love instead of hate exactly not to be
2: hippie Hippie. about it (laughs) (laughs) exactly thank you so much
1: so thank you for listening to the voice of the victim podcast if you enjoy our show Please subscribe so you know when we release new episodes each Thursday.
0: If you really love our show, please consider supporting us on Patreon, and you'll get some cool Voice of the Victim stickers, postcards, magnets, or mugs.
1: Yeah, and each level also comes with uh, an assortment of 2018 podcards that Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss put together, and... Each deck features 40 awesome podcasts, including the peripheral who we just talked to. Um, Also, follow us on Instagram, at VOVpodcast, and Twitter, at VOVpod.
0: If you have seen our shirts on Instagram and you like them, you can DM us to get one. And if you haven't seen it and have no idea what I'm talking about, check out our Instagram page.
1: Uh, Rosie modeled our new shirts, and they look pretty good on her. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) cool. Um. If you want to share your story or thoughts on our show, definitely feel free to email us at vovpodcasts at gmail.com. We have two people that are coming to share their story in the near future, and we're really looking forward to that. It takes a lot of strength and bravery to live through something like that and then be willing to share it later on to um, possibly help other people. So we really appreciate them reaching out to us. And if you want to share yours on our show, Uh, Definitely feel free. And we thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Bye.